franchise interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchisepreneurs who want one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're speaking with the co-founders of the Central Park Franchise System, Jackie Jordan and Chris Gaba. Jackie and Chris began this journey over 15 years ago with the vision that every dog deserves the very best care in safe and clean environments. Central Park has taken daycare to a whole new level with their unique whole dog care approach, which integrates full range of fun services, specially balanced to nurture your dog's whole health, their physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Hi, Jackie and Chris. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. Uh, This is my pleasure, Jackie and Chris. It's great to have you back on the show again. Jackie, I thought, you know, we could just dive right into it. You know, I I thought I would start with you because... You know, to discuss the history of Central Park, we really have to go back to 1997. And I think a lot of people in your part of the country consider you a pioneer in this industry. And then, Chris, after Jackie answers the question, maybe you can tell our listeners how you learned about Jackie and, you know, how both of you really came together to, I I think, form this wonderful partnership that you have. Well, I was in high school in 1997, so I'm not sure I can help. (laughs) He wasn't born yet. He wasn't born yet. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, yes, Jackie. I'm the old lady of the crowd. Yeah, so in 1997, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, believe it or not, uh, I had this idea that that we should have doggy daycare. Right. And people thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was called all sorts of different things. Um, but I believed in the um, – the concept and the idea and the need for it that right. I just kept pursuing and finally was able to open my doors and it has just grown exponentially since then. But and you also got recognition, you know, for this idea too. I mean, several recognitions over the years, Jackie, right? But there was a, one particular trade magazine I, I thought that kind of like picked up the story, you know, and that kind of um, evolved into other things, didn't it? Yeah, so I was um, I entered a venture capitalist challenge at the University of Chicago, and, yeah. and submitted our um, doggy daycare model idea um, to these venture capitalists to take it national. I had three locations at the time, and I um, joined this competition, and they we we kept winning. The next, into the next round, into the next round, into the next round. And finally, we were in the finals. And right. so it was, you know, we're in this room full of VCs. I mean, talk about intimidating. <laughs> sure, and then all the other contestants, if you will, uh, were, you know, computer, high tech, medical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was us, doggy daycare. Right. 
And but the VCs love the idea so much and loved our um, business plan and our model that they awarded us. Uh, they created a fourth place award for us um, because of how strong the model was that they believed in. So um, that's great. Then yeah, so then Newsweek magazine um, contacted the University of Chicago to talk with some of the people that were involved in this. And so they gave Music Magazine my information. And so Newsweek contacted me. And that's when they did a story about my business and how I use technology to grow my business. Um, and that's when Chris, my business partner, um, now, <laughs> but didn't right. know him at the time, found, was reading the article. And um, that's where he steps in and takes the story. That's fantastic. Go ahead, Chris. I'd love to hear this. Well, so um, it's, it's it's an interesting story because I and I like to embellish it by saying, you know, I found Jackie on a centerfold in Newsweek <laughs> magazine. Um, <laughs> That's great. So, uh, it was right after nine eleven, right, and and all right. of our lives had changed, and I had had sure. my business open for about eighteen or so months, and had I, and had gotten really some time back. You know, and I thought, well, mm-hmm. let me let me do something for me with this time. And I went to the gym for the very first time. And the only piece of equipment in this gym was a treadmill. And on that treadmill was the Newsweek magazine. So I wow. got on the treadmill, lift open the magazine, and there she was. Um, That's and great. I didn't even bother to exercise. So there was Jackie <laughs> surrounded by all these dogs, beautiful picture. I took the magazine, sat down. <laughs> wow. Um, so much for my first parlay back into exercise. And right. read the whole article, went back to my car, and um, started looking looking her up. Her last name was Schwanberg at the time she wasn't married. Okay. And um, I spent months um, <laughs> stalking her, um, wow. trying to, to find her and, and get her um, to call me back. And she had um, an employee that um, was answering the phone and was incredibly polite and incredibly good about taking my message and she said oh she'll call you back and i got that probably because of this this article that people were calling her from all over but right of course if, if i anything and, and jackie will tell you this i am resourceful and persistent so i can call <laughs> yes he is um and i i, I, I you know it's 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 interesting because this you're probably going to get to this further on. We've just gone through a rebrand and right. and and part of that rebranding has been revisiting the story of the why. Why did we do this? But right. um so we got on the phone and and I remember exactly where I was. It was a over an hour call and I don't even remember breathing. I just remember there was just an immediate connection and our, our stories were very similar in terms of being in corporate America, having these dogs, not having any place that we felt like we could leave them, seeing the need all over, seeing the trend happen all over with where dogs were moving from, you know, positions in dog houses tied outside to, you know, having their own bedroom with, you know, down comforters and televisions and all of these things that were happening at the time. And, um, so there was just an incredible synchronicity in, and, 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 you know, I believe things happen for a reason. And the whole mm-hmm. idea that um, I randomly went to this gym, I randomly stepped on this piece of equipment. I randomly picked up this magazine. I randomly wow. flipped it open and there she was. Um, and it, wow. it completely my life at that point. And, and um, we talked and we decided we were going to 
um, continue the conversation. So she was down in Florida visiting her family and came to my store and spent a day and then invited me up. And at that point, she had already grown her business to three stores. Um, okay. So I, she invited me up to Wisconsin to see what she, she had created. Um, we had that meeting, and then we really just kind of decided, you know what, let's, let's put this together and create something. Um, and, and this is kind of how it rolls into the rebrand. Um, and, 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 you know, 15 years later when we're going through this process and, and rebranding is just this huge research project. You know, you have to look at the why and the what and what our customers think and what they're right. all of these things. And, and my team and I realized that our name and our logo was really the product of no research. It was nothing more than a compromise that brought Jackie and I together. My, my, my name was Central Bark Dog Daycare and Training Center, which was far too long, but I had also federally registered Central Bark. Right. And her name was Doggy Daycare. Very simple. So we thought, you know what? Let's put the first name and the last right. name together Two like together. Central Bark Doggy Daycare. Let's, you know, put a pretty picture on it and call it our logo. And that's, that's what we did at that point. And you know what? It served us well for these last 15 years. But um, times have changed, and our, our franchisees are very different than who they were when we started. So um, we've just finished this process of rebranding, and, and it's interesting that telling the story again brings me right back to that whole thing. What an amazing story, uh, Chris and Jackie. You know, and it's real. I think it's one of the reasons I started the podcast 12 years ago. You know, was I mean to listen to stories like the one you just told, Chris, is really, as you said, it it, it really seemed like this this was your destiny. You know, and um, it's 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 just really interesting to to listen to this story over and over again. You know, and, and you had a background in in corporate America too, Chris. I remember one time interviewing a long time ago, you know, and, and you were spending a lot of time on planes and things like that. And I think there was a frustration on your part too, because you are a dog owner, right? And, and I guess it was frustrating for you that you'd have to ask, you know, friends or family to kind of watch the dog, right? You know, and I, I guess, you know, after a while you said this, there has to be, there has to be a better way, you know? And, and so it's just interesting in having both of you come from corporate America as well to, you know, start this this amazing franchise. I'm, I'm sure that helped you to some extent in the success of, of Central Bark, hasn't it? I think you're right, but I think that what you just said was it. So um, mm-hmm. Jackie had a dog named Bass, and I had yeah. two dogs named Sophie and Taz, and, and you're right. You have a great memory, by the way. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I was working for an ad agency and um, was a national account manager, so I was traveling four and right. five days a week. And, Right. I had to find some place for my dogs, and there wasn't anything in Broward County in, in, in Fort Lauderdale. And so this, you know, this idea came from our personal need for something more for our dogs and a personal connection that we had with the dogs that we had at the time. Right. Um, you know, and we actually talked about this at our, our convention and when we were trying to um, have our, our franchisees really connect with why they joined our system. Um, and you know why we did what why we started it, and it really and I I and I will apologize now because I I continue to get emotional about it because it, it was sure. it was about that one dog and that unconditional right. love that we get back from our dogs was why Jackie right. and I wanted to create Central Bark. We wanted to give something back to these dogs that have become our four-legged family members. They're not you know um, most dogs you know as you know were bred for jobs and purposes and 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 stuff that they don't do anymore. They don't fetch. They don't retrieve. They don't hunt. They don't 
rat. They don't do all the stuff right. that they they normally do. They're they 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 they're required to sit politely next to us and and behave like our two-legged children. Um, or at least that's our expectation of most people. But, you know, the, the, the reason we did this really comes from our heart. And the reason our franchisees join us um, is, is that connection to their heart. I think, you know, I, I, I may be looking at this whole thing through rose-colored glasses, but I, I think if you talk to our franchisees and heard their mm-hmm. stories, um, yes, they're smart business people, but they're also really, really passionate uh, about dogs and they're passionate about business. And to be able to combine those two things together um, is what Central Bark brings to them. And I probably rolled over a bunch of other questions that you were going to ask me, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay, Chris, you know, because, you know, that, that's part of the beauty of, of, of these interviews, you know. It, it, and that's part of a franchise, too, you know, because I'm always curious, you know, when, when I have someone like, you know, you and Jackie um, on an interview, you know, it's my question is, you know, why did you start the franchise? You know, what prompted you to start it? And yours was it, not even just from a business perspective. I know Jackie, your business plan, um, you know, it was it was very impressive. But even from like an emotional standpoint, I mean, you're really satisfying a very big need in the market. I mean, dogs. You know, I think we've spoken about this in the past. I mean, they're really part of a family. Uh, we we have a neighbor. Um, they just recently they took a, a family portrait. You know, at one of those professional studios, and the dog is in the photo with the family, you know, and it's just interesting how, how things like that happen, you know, and it's just because, you know, I come from, I'm a child of like the the 1970s where I always remember, you know, neighbors having like a dog house in the backyard or something like that. You, you see the humanization of dogs. And I have another friend, she got married three years ago and she took her two dogs to her wedding. She got married outside and it's just, it's just, just amazing how the dogs have become really part of the family. Part of the family. Yep. That's so really it's, amazing. It's, it's, interesting, it's, it's interesting that you say that I was just in Atlanta um, with my family and mm-hmm. going through my niece is getting married um, next year. And she had her engagement pictures on. We were going through the engagement pictures and right. she and her fiance both have dogs. And in her, their engagement pictures, they, 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 it did not even occur to them to just have a couple picture. It had mm-hmm. to be the four of them. Um, because that's their family now, that, and that's their family coming together and getting married. Um, but I think one of the, the, the things that we say now in a lot of our marketing materials, and we just say amongst ourselves, is, um, you know, the dogs are not just like family. They are family. Right. They are family. That's, that's amazing. It, these are fun stories to talk about. You know, and Jackie, when, when you started the company, you know, way back when, I mean, it was, you know, because this is how long I've been. I got involved in franchising in 1998, 1999. And I remember when, when Central Bark first came out, it was Central Bark Doggy Daycare. And that seemed like that was the primary service at the time. These, all these new services, and we're going to talk about this, you know, the rebranding into Central Bark. I mean, was it something that just kind of progressed over the course of time? Like, did you say, you know what, maybe we can do birthday parties or we can have uh, a retail store. Did this like slowly come about or was it, was it part of the the big picture? It was part of the big picture. Um, From day Mm -hmm. one, I had um, offered sleepovers, grooming, training, um, retail. Uh, One of the things that developed over time was our canine cab. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that's an additional service that our franchisees can choose to offer. And then one of our newer services that um, is a little different is our, is our stay and play. And Mm -hmm. 
that's a little bit different than our sleepovers in that we allow um, customers from outside of our daycare program can come and be assessed and see if they can stay with us um, and stay in a different part of our, our facilities and with a smaller group of dogs. But right. um, so we, we have evolved in the way that we've done our business somewhat, but it's actually been pretty, um, pretty, we kind of hit it right. <laughs> right, right. So to say. That's amazing. Um, right. When we started. That's great. You saw that big picture in the beginning because, you know, a lot of times franchises or, or, you know, entrepreneurs, they don't sometimes see the big picture, you know, and they, then they finally say to themselves, Jackie, they say, you know, why aren't we doing this or why aren't we doing that? You know, when I looked at the yeah. revenue stream of Central Bark, you know, I see, so you have daycare, you have sleepovers, you have grooming, um, training, you have the retail whole market. Um, you were just mentioning the stay and play. And there's a new one that I was just reading about that I thought was interesting. Um, it's the, um, the enrichment program, you know, and that was kind of like targeting, right. was it like, was it shy dogs or older dogs? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that because I thought that was interesting. Well, enrichment play certainly can help shy dogs and older dogs, but it, it's really mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, okay. And again, it's something that we have done from the very beginning. We specialize right. our services to, you know, one size does not fit all for dogs. Um, sometimes right. dogs like to be in a big group of dogs and other dogs mm-hmm. like to be in a small group of dogs or right. they're more, you know, they benefit more from the human interaction versus the dog interaction. Or So we've always tailored our services um, to the needs of the dogs in our care, but right. we're, we are rolling out um, kind of an, an additional um, enrichment program for the dogs in our care and we're bringing on more activities to stimulate their brains and their bodies. And um, so it's just been really fun. Our staff really enjoy having that interaction, that ability to, to work with the dogs even more. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff in daycare now. (laughs) That's terrific. Maybe we could pretend for a moment, like we're at a, a franchise show, Jackie and Chris, and let's say like, you know, a prospective franchisee comes up to your booth and they always ask that typical question. They say, so what do you guys do? What's, what's your typical, I guess we could say like elevator pitch, you know, when you're talking to a prospective franchisee, because you have a lot of people coming up to your booth at, at a time. How do you pitch the concept to an aspiring entrepreneur? You know, it, it depends on who you're, who you're talking to, right? You have to sort of right. be ready to to to, to um, um, mold your conversation based on who you're talking to, and 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 we really just kind of like to listen at that point. Mm-hmm. But what right. what um, what we like to talk about is um, really how we're different. Um, and and Jackie touched upon it. You know, we've we've been doing daycare and um, longer um, right. than than. And, and have more experience with dogs than I think any other concept out there. Um, and I think that that knowledge, experience, and commitment to dogs mm-hmm. makes us significantly different. Um, when we're talking to a potential franchisee, I think the other thing that, that we like to emphasize um, is we've been here for 15 years, and Jackie and I are still here as founders of the company. We're still right. involved in the day-to-day. We're still very, very much involved in our baby. And it's important for us. Um, and, and for a potential candidate to understand that, you know, it's a two-way street. We're looking at you as much as you're looking at us, and right. you've got to match our culture. You have to match, um, you know, how, how we operate and, and, 
And one of the things I always talk about at the very beginning um, is our core values of passion, compassion, respect, and integrity, and how they are part of mm-hmm. our DNA um, as individuals and as business people. And that's where our decisions come from, whether they're coming from the corporate office or coming from behind the counter um, in one of our stores. I think it's always important for potential uh, franchisees to understand who and what we're all about. Um, um, and I think that's, that, that really kind of says it all, those four words. And we, we, we talk about those a lot in, in um, our day-to-day operation, but also in our sales process. Um, yeah. I, I think um, our pitch has evolved significantly because we used to talk about being the unkennel, and that really wrapped around our one-day-a-week commitment, um, which right, is different right. than, very different than in other doggy daycares. Um, you know, other doggy daycares really appeal to, you know, Buffy's inconvenient today because I've got a long, a long day and I need to drop them off because I can't mm-hmm. get home to, to walk. Um, and that, that may be where the conversation or the sales starts when you're talking to a customer. But right. eventually the customers come around and ultimately realize that they really want to do what's best for their dog. And the best thing for a dog, which is a social creature, is to have the opportunity to play with other dogs in a safe and controlled social environment where they can do the stuff that dogs are supposed to do and they can play dog, speak dog, be dog, and do all, again, all the stuff that dogs are supposed to do in a safe and contained environment. I hope I answered your question. You did, Chris. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, your whole business, Jackie and Chris, I mean, it's really based on, on relationships. You know, I was always curious. One question I never asked you was, did you know in the beginning, Jackie, I mean, when you were thinking of this whole thing, did you, did you think it, it, franchising was going to be the best way to expand the model or was that also something that kind of just evolved over the course of time? That actually evolved over the course of time. It did. I, uh, yeah, I did. Um, I started off with one location. It, it really started off very quickly and, and very right. successfully. Um, so I then decided, okay, my, my five-year plan was going to have three locations and um, so I did that, and that's when this whole competition came around, and I'm like, you know what? I should take this nationally. Right. And I guess I didn't really think of it as a franchise. I mm-hmm. I just hadn't thought that until I went through this competition, and the venture capitalists that I spoke with, um, you know, they basically – they'll consult with you after the right. competition. And, and right. they said, this really isn't a VC type of opportunity, we don't believe. It's really an angel investor or franchise concept. And that's when it, it hit. It was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a right, great way right. to do this. And right. because I know how important it is to our customers to have a face you know, the face right. of the business. And right. by taking it corporate, you don't always necessarily have that space. And, right. you know, these are their children. These are their four-legged furry children, and they want to know who's behind that counter taking care of them. Right. And so by having it a franchise concept, you have owner-operators um, that are involved, maybe not, you know, day-to-day every day, but they're involved in the business and the people know that. And that makes a very different environment, Sure, we believe, um, in the business model. And so franchising was what we believe to be the best route to go. 
And that's probably the biggest thing that we hear consistently from prospects and from customers alike is how personal and how, um, mm. you know, just hands-on we are, whether it be Chris and I, our franchisees, you know, even their, their employees. We right. Just, and, and we're all just so passionate about it, so it's kind of hard not to be. <laughs> so. Sure, of course, yeah, and, and you know your business too, you know Jackie and Chris. I mean, is really it's it's based on relationships, right? I mean, it's relationships, as yeah. you were saying, Jackie, with like your franchisees, but it's relationships with the owners of the dogs, it, and it's relationships with right. the dogs as well. I, I remember Chris telling telling a story one time that you know you get to see sometimes every so often you get to see the dog from being a puppy all the way to right the end of the life. I, and I said, God, that's something special, isn't it? You know, to, to be able to, mm-hmm. to see something like that, you know, it, 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 it's pretty, pretty emotional when you think about it, you know, it's to see them from a baby to an adult and, you know, and, and, yep. you know, the, the whole circle of life, you know, so it, it really is based on, right. on relationships, but you know, the interesting thing about central bark too, is that, you know, I know you have a very unique marketing program. I, I know, I think Chris, are you the one that handles the marketing or is it Jackie? I can't remember. Jackie's the tech, Technological or technology Maybe you can talk a little bit that. about that marketing, Chris, because I thought that was interesting. Um, well, I, I, I think you know, marketing is marketing, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, sure. And, and today, um, the, the the cool thing is is this new digital space. Right. Um, everything is social media and electronic yeah. media and your website and how how you're being how your message is being delivered and a handheld device and how quickly using the handheld device can they find you and so there's there's it, it, it's a lot trickier than it used to be right. when when I started. Um, sure. So I, I I think from a strategic standpoint, what we try to do, um, because of what you were just talking about, our business and and our ability. Um, to, to create trust and a bond with a customer has to do with the relationship. And, and again, you have to have trust for that. Um, right. So, so, so much of our marketing and so much of our, our, our marketing emphasis is mm-hmm. very localized boots on the ground. Um, I see. So, so we, we, we do all the traditional stuff. Um, and then some. Um, we're 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 very focused on cause marketing, so our franchisees are partnered with different um, charitable dog-focused organizations in their communities. Right, um, yeah. Leveraging that, um, they are doing face-to-face stuff. They're they're they are again boots on the ground. But then we complement that and balance that with a really strong um, digital presence, reputation right. management, SEO. Um, so all of that works together, um, sending out a consistent message. Now, now that's the strategy. Um, the, the, the messaging has shifted for us. Um, okay. and, and, um, you know, it used to really, I don't know if you'll recall some of our beginning, um, our, like our first campaign was you're mm-hmm. not alone. And mm-hmm. it was, it was. That we're crazy. The idea was at that point in time, 15 years ago, the idea of being crazy about your dog was um, really kind of tribal. And, and there were right. groups right. of people that fit into that tribe. Now everybody's crazy about their dog, so it's not really so right. tribal anymore because right. sort of feel the same way. But that, 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 
that concept was really appealing to that idea of guilt and, you know, you don't want to leave your dog home alone and, and you need to bring them into daycare because you're just going to feel bad all day doing that. Um, how it's evolved in is we now understand um, so much more about dogs and what they need, what they require, um, how, and how to provide that for them in a safe environment. And that's where, you know, the whole enrichment idea um, came from. And then right. and naming, because as, as Jackie said, we realized we were doing this all along. We were, we've been enriching dogs lives from the very, very beginning. True. Um, in, right. in, but we, we hadn't branded it. We hadn't named it. We hadn't pushed it out there. And that's what we've just done. So it's, it's our enrichment play daycare program. And um, what we focus on is not just the day with the dog. We're going to focus on the whole dog and the whole life. So all of our products and services um, are focused on enriching a dog's life, whether it's nutrition, whether it's products, whether it's grooming, whether it's dental, whatever it is, we're enriching a dog's life and focused on the whole dog from puppyhood um, until the, as you said, until the end. Until the end. That's fantastic. And Jackie, I know you're, you're the, tech, the technological person. You know, and technology, is it, it's amazing how, you know, I don't have to tell you how quickly it changes, you know, and, and, and grows. How is technology play, playing a role with Central Bark today? I, I remember a while back, you know, Chris, you were saying a long time ago, you know, it, it's high touch, not high tech. But, of course, you are using technology. How is technology being used today in the organization? Well, as Chris was saying, just in the marketing that, you know, we'd like to have lots of different touch points with our customers. Um, Right. So whether it be pictures or um, video that we can Mm -hmm. share with the customer um, what their dog is doing in daycare for the day and who they're playing with and what fun they're doing and and what things they're learning. So we'll we'll use it for that relationship management type of um, opportunities. Um, And then really we tried to, you know, we had started um, way back when with our own software program called Barkware, Mm -hmm. and that was to help us manage the um, day-to-day operations. And granted, high-touch versus high-tech, but we also, um, the tech helps us to be (laughs) high-touch because some of the, the, you know, administrative uh, verbally good that we have to deal with on a daily basis, you know, taxes and stuff like that. So technology obviously helps us with that. We also use it um, in order to keep our dogs safe and healthy, vaccination information, um, health records, and things like that. So um, we use technology for that. We use technology to schedule um, the dogs so that we know who who best plays with whom and who's coming when. I see. And that helps in our managing our day-to-day operations so that our franchisees know how to schedule. So we don't have a big fluctuation of, gee, we've got, you know, 100 dogs today and three tomorrow. Um, Right. Because our dogs come on a regular, reserved, consistent schedule. And so our schedule just keeps running for us. So it's you know, at the right. end of the day, we're not so, you know, trying to figure out when they can come in next. It's more about we get to talk to you about what they did today. So that's great. Technology is definitely something that's um, very important nowadays, um, but it's we don't let it take away from our high touch. Right, right. 
you don't let it dominate things. It, you know, and as you were saying, yeah. Jackie, I mean, I guess all your all your you know pets. I mean, they have different needs. I imagine that it, you know. You know, some of them might need medicine at a certain time or, yeah. uh, you know, as you said, maybe they, they need a certain dog collar or a leash or something like that, you know, and, and, and they play well with, with others. And do, do you find, Jackie, that and Chris, that, you know, when someone is coming to Central Park for the first time, are they a little bit, are they a little bit trepidatious? Are they like nervous? I was I always remember my my son's first day of, of, of nursery school and, and my mm-hmm. wife and I, we waited outside because we were so nervous about said, oh, my God, is he going to be okay? Do, do you find – it's nice right. that having – you were talking about that technology, Jackie, that you can you can kind of like send photos and things like that and just let people know or, you know, that your customers, that the dog is great and the dog is playing and, and they're having a, a great time. I, I imagine that helps a lot, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's and, great. And, you know, everybody's different. But, yes, absolutely, we get those uh, customers who, you know, are very nervous about, oh, my right. gosh, how's this going to go? <laughs> so right, we exactly. like to be able to provide – provide that um, visual to them so that they know that their dog is doing well. That's what I love about your business model, you know, Jackie and Chris, is that, you know, once you have the trust of the client, I mean, it's, you know, that, that it can certainly lead to all these other different services that you have in your revenue right. model. And that's what I've always had this great appreciation for, for Central Bark, so I, I think that's terrific. So you're listening to Franchise Interviews, and we're speaking with Jackie Jordan and Chris Gaba of Central Bark. And Central Bark has taken daycare to a whole new level with their unique whole dog care approach, which integrates a full range of fun services, specifically balanced to nurture your dog's whole health, their physical, mental, and emotional well-being. These services and products adapt with your dog as they grow and develop, helping nurture and support them throughout their whole lifetime. I was thinking, Jackie and Chris, this might be a good time to talk about, you know, one of the themes of our show, you know, as we've always mentioned to our listeners is we say, you know, look towards the industry. You know, is there growth in the industry or is the industry declining? This industry, has, since I've gotten involved in franchising and studying the industry, it seems like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I, I know the numbers are in the billions. It's probably hard to even keep track yes. at this point, but um, I guess it's safe to say it's, it's, it's a pretty big market, isn't it? And it seems like it's a, it's a growing market as well. It's a, it's a huge market. In 2018, it was over $72 billion. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's, that's incredible. Um, huge, huge growth um, year over year, uh, 73% increase over the past 10 years. So it's, that's amazing. It's just, yeah, isn't it? It really is. It is. The forecasts indicate about a 4% increase annually um, for the pet services industry. What's really kind of neat now is the non-vet related, non-veterinary um, related pet services are expected to be about $8 billion in sales. Um, and that's up 6% over since like two, 200, uh, 2013. So it's, it's a steady, steady incline. They kind of call pets, you know, the pet services recession-proof. Um, right. I've heard that on a, on a number of occasions from Wall Street Journal to, you know, different economists. Um, but it, it it's proven itself that it continues right. to grow. And I think it's – I don't see any time in the future that we're going to go, ah, I don't think I – Right, I have to be concerned. So <laughs> it's going to be here for quite a long time, for probably the rest yeah. of our, our lives, you know. So, so that, right. that's I think that's fantastic. One of the questions our listeners like to hear is, you know, you know, and I know both of you have hundreds of stories, but 
What's what's been some of the most interesting things that's happened to you since launching Central Bark? I imagine that the the rebranding, uh, Jackie and Chris, probably have been really exciting for you. But does anything stand out? Um, you know that really made an impact over the years. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting question. Um, mm-hmm. And and there are there are are so many things. But I think for me. Um, Probably the most interesting thing that has happened is my evolution as an individual and as a professional. I mean, when, when Jackie and I started this, we were small business owners. Right. Um, and and um, I'm not saying we are good or great franchisors at this point, but I'm, <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what I will say is that we have, we have really, really learned and evolved and, and have really made a huge effort um, to surround ourselves with smart people um, right. that are helping guide and make make good decisions, um, and 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 continually looking for opportunities that we can educate ourselves in franchising because it's a, it's a different animal, no pun right. intended. Than yeah, sure. Your store. <laughs> and the decisions we make now are not, uh, you know, are not just decisions that impact our individual stores. You know, our our True. our. Now it's multiple units, multiple employees, multiple families, and 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 I guess that's 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 um, you know that's why I think that's why also um, uh, Jackie and I are 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 so um, so good together, um, right? Because right. our foundation was so strong. You know, our north star is our our um, core values of passion, compassion, mm-hmm. respect, and integrity. And that's where our decisions come from. Um, I, I think that, and it's you know, and, and as I'm answering this question, more and more things are coming into my head. You know, we 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 have really changed in in our operations. You know, we we um, and I, you will probably remember this from the last call. We very specifically at the very beginning said so Jackie handles operations and I handle marketing. Right? There's right. two completely different right. styles. Um, one of the things that we've really learned over the years is they cannot operate independently. That I mean, they they really we really need to be be in each other's stuff and and understanding because you know at the end of the day we can have the most incredible marketing plan, but if I if, if we're generating all these leads and all these people are coming into our stores and then it falls apart at the store right. level from a delivery of operational excellence, then we're wasting our money. So I see. working and, 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 and I think, you know, like I said, in the last three to five years, the jump in understanding that connection and the importance of, of that collaboration um, is really reflected in what mm-hmm. we're doing now and in the rebrand and really how, how well things are, 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 are going. Um, I, I, I think that that's probably the most interesting thing that's happened. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How about you, Jackie? Anything stand out? I shouldn't have let him go first because he <laughs> took mine. He took my answer. <laughs> he took my answer. Now i got to come up with something else. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, you know, being a dog daycare operator, owner-operator, and being a franchisor is a very different thing. And mm-hmm. we really pride ourselves in, in trying to always evolve and always learn and um, be the best that we can be, and right. you know we've heard we've learned some hard lessons, and um, you know we try to take those lessons just like in life and right. come out uh, you know better for it. So 
I think, um, I, and the other thing, the other thing that I think um, I, I can say for this question is that I've been doing this for 23 years, mm-hmm. and it feels like yesterday that I just started. Wow. I love it as much now as I did 23 years ago, and I can't believe 23 Amazing. years has gone by. Right. So I I remember when I first opened, and I thought, okay, you know, just get through your first year. Get through your first year, you know. And right. then I got through my first year, and then the, then the next hurdle is, okay, get to year five. Get to year five. <laughs> got through that. Right. I, it's just flowed by, and I have as much excitement for the business um, part of it as I do the dog. And that's, that's probably what drives both Chris and I. I know we both feel the same way on that. It's nice to hit those milestones, isn't it, Jackie and Chris? You know, you say you know, right. five-year mark, ten-year mark, fifteen-year mark. You know, and you say, you know, it, it's it 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 really is, and it's it's amazing that you said, Jackie. And I know Chris, I know you feel this way too. Is that you know you enjoy it just as much today as you did on the first day you started, and not a lot of people can say that, can they? You know, no. about and, their and jobs. No, you know. Yeah. Go, Chris. And, and you know what else about that? Um, and I'm not like I'm just realizing this at this moment, but as you were talking, mm-hmm. Jackie, it was coming to me. Um, the other thing about it is, um, is our partnership. You know, right. we've lasted than most marriages. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's a very good point. <laughs> you know, that's a very good point. Forty-three percent in this country, and um, what part of what makes this so good for me is Jackie. Um, yeah, uh, and, and I, I'm trying to think of the right word because we are business partners, and mm-hmm. um, where where I lack, she has, and vice versa. So we right. really complement each, each other in such a great yeah. way. But but also, what is involved in that partnership and respect and trust is an incredible friendship. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know very many business partners that are as good friends as, as we are. And, and that doesn't mean we right. don't disagree. We passionately disagree sure. on, right. on, on <laughs> something. Um, but, but, but in an incredibly respectful way, and we're always able to come back to our center. Um, and and I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a healthy relationship if we didn't have those moments where we're sure. you know, um, passionately discussing things. Um, but, but it's because that, that, that's who we are as people. Um, but uh, you know, Jackie's just amazing. And I think she compliments me. And the other thing that she does for me is she holds me and expects me to do my best for her. And, right. and right. she never, you know, and, and that expectation makes me, makes me work harder, um, for her and for us and for what we're trying to build. And I, again, I don't know how many relationships are able to, uh, I don't know how many other friendships, relationships, or partnerships that I have other than my marriage that I have that, that kind of uh, right. situation with. Right. I, I would agree with that, Chris. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that always stood out for me is, is the partnership that you and Jackie have together. You know, as I, I can see there's a synergy there. You both complement each other, and you both have this the same passion, and you're both so driven, you know, um, that, that I think that certainly has, has led to the success of, of, of Central Park. Maybe we could talk a little bit about the characteristics you look for um, in your franchisees. I was reading something that, that both of you do um, that, that's something called like a founder's call. And I, I thought that was interesting. You know, what do you typically look for when, when you're speaking with a prospective franchisee, Jack and Chris, I'm sure that's changed from 15 years ago, right. To 
where it is today. It's just probably something a little bit or a lot different. So, so what do you look for when you're speaking to a prospective franchisee? Well, one of the biggest things that I know that I look for um, mm-hmm. is that you not only have to have the passion for the dog, right? which I think is what we really focused on in the beginning that, oh, it was all about the dogs. Right. And we weren't necessarily getting the best business people, um, perhaps. Right. So what we're looking at now is you really have to have a passion for business. Yeah. And the better business you are, the more passion you can have about the dogs <laughs> because right, the more you can get back. So we really um, – I think that's a big part of what's changed in who we look for. Um, they also have to, one of the questions that we, or the discussions that we have with prospects is, you know, when things get tough, what do you do? Right. Because so many people rely on the franchise system to just be the end all be all. Sure, and of course. we can certainly take away a lot of the questions and help you uh, along the way, but you got to have the gumption to do it. Of course. And so we really look for people who are, well, I don't, I, I don't fail. I'm not going to give up. <laughs> right. If something goes wrong, I just got to figure out another way to do it. Or, you know, so exactly. that's something that we really, really look for. Um, and then just really being a team player. This a franchise system is about being part of something bigger mm-hmm. than yourself. Sure. And if you're really a entrepreneur, a real self starter, individual thinking kind of person, a franchise probably is not the best route to go. Yeah. Um, whereas somebody who says, Hey, I don't want to reinvent the wheel you've got something really good here right. and I want to be a part of it. That makes a really good franchisee. They they have an appreciation for the system, Jackie, you know, which I think is important, you know, and it, it's interesting, of course, as I said earlier, you know, you and Chris having that background from corporate America, it, it, it does make sense. Chris, I remember you talking about, Michael Gerber, you know, you talked about the importance of um, working on the business, not in the business, right? I mean, working right. in the business, you know, you, you, where you just find yourself, you know, you know, working with the dogs and things like that, you know, and that's great and everything like that. But you really have to work on the business, don't you? Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 a thing that we say to our franchisees all the time. You know, when you first open up, you're going to be in it. <laughs> you're right. going to be right. in that it makes all sense. the way. Sure. But if you stay there, if you stay there and don't mm-hmm. follow how we're guiding you, right. then ultimately you're going to realize you've purchased a job. Um, I see. Versus, right. versus the need an investment to create wealth. Um, because at, at, at some point, if you don't pull the trigger on working on your business rather than in it and having trained and a trusted staff to deliver on our brand mm-hmm. promise, um, then again, you're, you're, you're going to have bought a job. And that's right. not what we want. Right. That's well said. What's what's the training like today, Jackie and Chris? So, I mean, when, you know, you decide, you know, that you do indeed like them, they like you, and they do want to come on board as a franchisee. How, how's the training uh, in, today in, in 2019? We, uh, you know, <laughs> nobody is really, yeah, it's, it's always getting better. 
Um, yeah. we, we can always, you know, again, we're, we're lifelong learners, and so um, we ask for feedback after each training session to make sure that we can um, be better next time. Um, the, the big thing um, is nobody comes to this business really having the, the experience of managing play groups. Right. And groups of dogs. So right. that's probably the biggest eye-opener for most of our franchisees, and we spend a significant amount of time with um, so that they really have an appreciation for how much work goes into managing all those right. dogs. Right, um, But then, you know, really it's, it's the business, and how do you market it, and how do you get people through your doors, and how do you provide the best service that you possibly can to those that do come in and um, so we spend a lot of time talking about that and, and you know, telling stories about, um, you know, things that have happened in the past. I mean, we've got lots right. of years and years of experience that we can um, help them with and, and share with our franchisees. So training is two weeks on site at our Fort Lauderdale store and then okay. another week in, in their stores before they open. Um but it, it really starts from day one um, when they sign on. They get a partner that they work with uh, through the you know, financing process, a, mm-hmm. um, site selection. So it's an educational process from day one. You, you hit the ground running. That's great. That's great. And that's what you get. And, 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 you know, back, oh, I'm sorry. And, and you know, we're 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 governed by this this document, right? That that we signed right. this agreement, and it says we're going to sure. deliver X number of hours of of right. training and and time. And you know what? We go way, way beyond that. I mean, like Jackie said, we start training the second that they they come on board because if they're oh. successful, we're successful. And it's just right. like in the store. If you right. don't train your employees well, they're not going to deliver well. If we don't train right. these franchisees well. Um, I think the other thing that, that, that about our training that has changed tremendously as we've evolved as a company, we have the most incredible group of people working for us now that are so experienced and so smart. Um, I, I mean, Teresa um, Baker has so many years in franchising on the business side right. and so many right. years with much bigger concepts than us. She's working with our franchisees every day. We have Athena and Carla. Um, Athena managed one of our stores for most successful stores for I don't even know how wow. many years. And now she's working Over 10 years. In, in, Wow, uh, with, with our franchisee. So the level of experience that she brings, not only not only from the dog handling and the right. you know, the dog behavior standpoint, because she's incredibly proficient there, but from the business side and from the marketing side, because she did it all from behind the counter managing the store. And then Carla has joined our team as well, who is a certified dog trainer, um, has worked in our facilities. She's phenomenal. I, I, I just think we have our our our, our new marketing brand manager. Um, from the creative side to the strategy side, um, we've just really complemented um, our team with some really stellar players that 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 are are making our training so much better and um, helping our franchisees achieve their goals faster. 
That's terrific. You're listening to Franchise Interviews, and we're speaking with Jackie Jordan, Chris Gaba, and we're going to bring in Chris Simic of Central Bark. And Central Bark has taken daycare to a whole new level with their unique whole dog care approach, which integrates a full range of fun services, specially balanced to nurture your dog's whole health, their physical, mental, and emotional well-being. These services and products adapt with your dog as they grow and develop, helping nurture and support them throughout their whole lifetime. And one of the questions our listeners like to ask on the show, Jackie and Chris and Chris is, you know, what is a typical day like for a central bark franchisee? I imagine, you know, because it's a system, you know, you're following the, the method and the processes and things like that, but I'm sure some days are a little bit different, but can you describe a typical day? Um, well, the majority of the day is spent with the dogs. Um, your right. staff is, is with them. Um, check-in time is typically, the, you know, most people are checking in before they head to work. So between sure. seven and right. eight. Okay. And so the dogs are coming in and they are all excited and happy to be Ready there. To um, we get them into their groups, um, who they're going to play with for the day with their team leader, um, who's going to, you know, manage their activities. They, We'll do some group activities. I'll do some individual activities. Um, some do. Some can choose to do what we call our training tutor program. So they get to go in and do some one-on-one activities with a, a specialist. Um, the enrichment play um, activities, whether it's nap time or in small groups. Um, Really, the dogs are just having a great time during the day, being really physically, socially stimulated. Um, And that goes on throughout the day. There's rest periods, downtime, um, that all dogs get because it's really important for the dogs. You know, it's kind of like us as, you know, humans when we're completely exhausted, you know. Sure, of course. Over the top exhausted. Uh, right. We're not happy. We're not good. We're not good. Right. <laughs> uh, we're not at our best. And right. that's the same thing with dogs. You know, when they're overstimulated, overtired, they are not their best. And so we right. do have scheduled rest time so that the dogs, not all dogs will say, oh, you know, I'm tired. I, I better go lay down. Um, most don't do that. <laughs> so sure. we have scheduled times where the dogs do have quiet time and they may still do a a puzzle activity um, during their quiet time or they may just rest depending on the dog Um, and then if they're not resting then they're back out playing and and learning and exercising and socializing and then towards the end of the day um, when mom and dad are done with their days they come and pick up their dogs and they go home and they're they're happy tired um, not right, as exactly. exhausted, I'm cranky tired. Um, and that's what we believe is the best for the dogs. And it's, and it's all science-based as well that, you know, just like I said, it's, cranky tired is not a good tired. It's, it's, I think it's, it's important, Jackie, isn't it? You know, I mean, because I, I think it was mentioned to you last time I interviewed you many years ago. Um, I mean, I know of some of my neighbors where, you know, unfortunately, you know, their dogs are in the house all day and they might have somebody come just walk the dog, take them out for 15 minutes and then they're back in the house all day. So when the owners get home, I mean, that probably, that dog's probably ready to play, aren't they? They're just like, 
so excited, you know, and, uh, yep. you know, but, but, you know, when you come home from a long day, you're just like, oh, God, you know, I want to just have something to eat and, uh, you know, kind of unwind a bit. And, you know, the dog wants to play, you know, so it, it's it really it is it, it's such a, a, a wonderful service. What advice would you give? to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise. And, and this is where I, I think I'll have to bring Chris Simnick in, you know, cause Chris has been involved in franchising very long time, but you know, as all of you know, there's, it seems like there's more out there than ever in the world of, of franchising. When I first got involved in it, there was like, I think it was like they said 1500 systems. And now I think we're up to like 2,500 or 3000 different systems. So for our listeners, it seems like most of them are confused in the beginning. They, they don't even know where to, Begin. And if someone has like a background in corporate America, maybe they never would have even thought of considering something like Central Bar because they just didn't know about it. Um, what advice would you give to our listeners then in their quest to buy a franchise? And that question is open to anybody. Uh, I would say that what, what, in franchising is, is one of those businesses that uh, it's, it's for the individual who, who wants to be in business for themselves, you know, and not by themselves. Right. Uh, they don't want to reinvent the wheel. We use a phrase called intrapreneur, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Not entrepreneur so much. Right. Uh, I think that uh, oftentimes people who have maybe the, the top end C-suite experience and aren't used to doing things for themselves. They're used to people that having yeah. to do them. So knowing the, right. the skill sets that, that they have and, and how they can adapt to a model like Central Bark is pretty critical. Uh, we use right. a, a phrase at Central Bark that passion and profits go hand in paw. Right? So the idea like that, that. Um, that that we like the you know the, the passion for business and the passion for the pets, but I will tell you that the diversity uh, and the flexibility of the model has allowed mm-hmm. people from all walks of life. We have accountants, wow. we have politicians, we have um, uh, attorneys, we have you know bankers. So uh, husband and wives, individual franchisees, multiple owner franchisees. I think that, that that type of flexibility speaks well, not only to Central Park, but to franchising as a whole. That diversity adds, right, as you said, Chris, and it really does add to the franchise, doesn't it? You know, as, as you said, having accountants and politicians and husbands and wives, you know, and it, it certainly, you know, adds to the whole mix and the culture. Of, of of Central Park. And, you know, I've always wondered, Jackie and Chris and Chris, you know, have you ever got ideas from your franchisees you know i know like some franchisors are like open you know it's like when you have you know your your annual meetings and things like that i imagine maybe over the years you know you you probably got some interesting advice from some of your franchisees has that ever happened where they said you know could we do things this way or should we do things that way has that ever occurred absolutely and some of our great ideas that we incorporate today um, came from franchisees so um you know, it is it is interesting when you when people come on board for the you know they're brand new to the system. They um, mate, you know, they have all these great ideas, and they you know say, well, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, and and some of them or a lot of them we we have done and found that they didn't work for one right. reason or another, right. but. Um, you know, we just explain why that is or what our experience is. Mm-hmm. But right. um, no, we've definitely gotten some great, um, great ideas from our franchisees. That's great. So, 
what are Central Park's plans for the future, Jackie, Chris, and Chris? I mean, if you can look into that crystal ball and say, you know, what's the next three to five years look like? How would you describe that? Well, we've always said that we don't necessarily need to be the biggest, but we want to be the best. Right. And so it's really important to us to have a good um, ratio of open to sold stores so that we're not just selling like crazy and not getting people open. So we want to make sure that um, we have the resources and um, to sell to new people and then get them open in a, in a timely manner. Um, Right. So our goal is to have 40 sold by the end of this year and 50 by the end of next year. Any other closing points before we, 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 I, I believe so, Marty. Someone who's looking at pet franchising or particularly the pet care industry, mm-hmm. I think there are some some key differentiators. You know, Central Park has the, the one-day-a-week requirement, which not only helps uh, from oh, a safety standpoint. You want to let your child go. To, you want your child to go to a different class every day and have different students and right. different friends every day, right? That consistency. Right. That makes uh, sense. The, the idea of, of of play and stay. Our ratio of uh, uh, dogs to staff is 12 or 15 to 1, which means the one-on-one time. But it's also good from a revenue model. When you know how many dogs are coming and you know how to staff things, right. it's a business decision also. So you want to make sure that you, you balance both those out. Uh, our timeline to open is, you know, 6 to uh, 12 months. So we always have okay. conversations with people about their exit strategy, which many, many people don't discuss. Knowing what your end game is sure helps you develop your plan. And so That's knowing those point. things ahead of time are, are kind of important. And, you know, I always, you know, I've been in franchising, this is my 39th year. And wow. I always tease people and say, you know, uh, my, my four-legged children, you know, they, uh, they give me unconditional love. They don't uh, talk back as much. And I, <laughs> you've never changed diapers. I promise you they can be easier to pick up after. Right. Uh, and then I, but, but also, but also the one thing about in the pet care industry is our, our, <clears throat> Our dogs don't age out of dog doggy daycare. You know, if you're a child, yeah. you know, you're three, four, five years old, you move on. Our, our right. dogs are always our two and three year olds. They're always part of our of our needs. So the the need for our our product is is, is lifelong and and generational. We have franchisees, you know, that are in their 12, 13, 14th year that have had families that have now in their second or third uh, pet member. So we, we, we I think there's a lot of a lot of exciting things and, and a very strong future. Uh, uh, to the system. It's, it's, it's an amazing business model. And you know, Chris, I've been doing this a long time and, you know, my passion has really been, you know, studying all the different franchise models. And, and you know, I've always been very impressed, uh, particularly with the rebranding of, of Central Bark. I think it's really a very exciting time in the organization. So how can our listeners get more information on Central Bark, Jackie? Would you like them to go to the website? And, and I'm talking from the franchise perspective and even the service itself what websites can our listeners go to they can go to central park usa and get information about franchising they can get information about centers that may be close to them that if they want to bring their dogs in um absolutely it's it's a wealth of information there that's terrific and i want to thank all three of you chris chris and jackie for coming on the show It's, it's been a privilege for me franchise interviews From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.